0: This story happened in late 2015. I was working as a graphic designer for a very small startup company in rural New York State. Just four of us in a rented building that the owner shared with a computer repair shop. I happened to be the only female, which I was fine with. A nice group of geeky sweethearts. I'd been there maybe a month and worked closely with a web programmer. He was a young fella, around 23, and a gentle giant type. Tall, husky, muscular guy, with tattoos and a shaved head, but super sweet and laid back. We'd often take smoke breaks together and shoot the sh**. I didn't know much about his home life other than he'd just moved in with his new girlfriend. She'd usually pick him up after work, but if she ended up working late, he'd have to walk home by himself along the highway in the dark. When we found this out, the boss immediately started offering him lifts, I wondered what his situation was, lost car or license, but I didn't want to put him on the spot to ask. He was kind of a shy guy in the first place. Anyway, time passes and one day the boss wasn't in, so I offered to drive him home. His rental is a small house behind a boarded up car wash in the boonies. You had to drive down a short, dark private road to get to it. You would actually never have known the place existed. Were you just driving by? We make a little small talk for a minute in the car, finish up our smokes. I tell him that I'll see him tomorrow. And that's when things got weird. He looked at the house for several seconds, quiet, not moving to open the door at all. He said, yeah, in this strange, resigned voice, before slowly turning his head to look at me. Now, you have to realize, in real life, People almost never slowly turn their heads to look at you. You cannot imagine how f***ing creepy it is till someone actually does it to you. Add the fact that you're this 120-pound woman, and it's a huge guy looking at you, in a parked car, behind an abandoned car wash, in the pitch f***ing dark, with no other house in sight. And this was not the look that a guy gives you, say, after a first date when he wants a kiss. It was so very off, and not an awkward or shy kind of off. He looked at me in the kind of way you look in your cupboard when you can't decide what to eat, or if you should be eating anything at all. His mouth was slightly open, and he was staring me straight in the face with a slight squint, as if struggling hard to figure something out. But it was me who was the thing. That sudden shift of being looked at like an object. Not the amiable coworker that he'd just been laughing and bullshitting with. The coworker that he had been getting to know over the past month. That truthfully scared the shit out of me. In less than a minute, he had gone from his normal self into a state of tense, dissociated slow motion. He actually looked bigger to me as well. I asked if he was okay, and after maybe 15 seconds of long silence, he looked back at the house... He either sighed or gave another resigned, yeah, before finally getting out of the car. Needless to say, I did not plan on giving him any more rides, but about a week later, it didn't matter anymore. He blew his brains out with a shotgun on the front porch of that rental house. His poor girlfriend was inside, waiting for him to finish his cigarette. It was then from his family that we finally got the entire backstory. This guy was newly sober after having struggled with alcoholism for more than just a couple of years. He had multiple DUIs from earlier in the year that explained the no car situation. He'd also had several serious injuries from car wrecks and blackouts over the years. The last one actually resulting in two small permanent dents in his skull. The buildup of brain injuries had done far more damage than sobriety could reverse. His girlfriend admitted that ever since his last accident, he had had intrusive impulses and fantasies of hurting others and himself. And you can imagine where my mind went after hearing that fact. This is certainly my creepiest personal experience, though when I think of it today, all I can feel is sorrow for this poor kid who'd barely started his life. In the end, strong enough to fight the demons demanding others' lives, but not his own. Back when I had just finished college, I was living in a one-bedroom townhouse. I met a guy on Plenty of Fish, and at that time, I wasn't exactly smart about my online digital footprint. Not like it really changed, but at least now, I'm not as ridiculous. Anyway, he seemed like a decent guy. He was really good looking, said he had a good job, nice teeth, and looked like he cared about his personal health. All things I would typically look for in a guy. I wouldn't say that I'm a shallow human being, but I like to be presentable, and if I'm with someone, I'd like for them to be presentable as well. Well, after about a week of chatting online, we agreed to meet. We met at a restaurant downtown, which was really far from where I lived. When I got there, I noticed him standing at the door. We sat down to eat, and the evening went great. At the end of the date, we said bye, and I got into my car and began my drive home. I realized right away that he was following me. Because of the distance to my house, I wasn't immediately scared because it's a big city. Maybe he'll turn off the freeway. But he didn't. My exit was coming up, and I decided not to take it. I kept driving. I circled the entire city on the freeway, and he stayed right behind me the entire time. I was beginning to panic a bit, so I decided to go to my friend's house instead of mine. And when I pulled off the exit, I noticed that he didn't. So I had a little bit of a moment to breathe and decided, okay, screw it, I'll just go home. I took the off-ramp, made a loop back onto the freeway, and started heading back towards my exit. I got home and showered and was getting ready for bed, and that's when I started feeling dumb because, like, was that really him? Was I overreacting? Do I ask him if he was following me? Just a number of things were racing through my overactive imagination. So I decided that I was going to message him and just say, had a good time, good night, But when i began typing that message all of a sudden a message came through to my phone a picture of my car outside my house i nearly died my heart jumped out of my chest i started shaking i didn't know what to do what to say and that's when he texts me and says i didn't know you lived across the street from me now i've met my neighbors and not once had i ever seen this man in my neighborhood There's a huge apartment complex kitty-corner to my townhouse, so maybe that's where he lived? I don't know, I feel like I'm being generous with that one. I popped up and went to look outside, and there he was, just standing there, like he was waiting for me. I opened my door, and he asked if he could come in and if I wanted to still hang out. I told him that I was exhausted, and that I'd rather just crash out, as it had been a long day. The next morning, I woke up to go to work, and when I go outside, I see that the windshield on my car had been smashed. My car was keyed, my back two tires were slashed, and as I was noticing the damage to my vehicle, guess who pops out of his car with two coffees, and he says, Oh, I thought I'd surprise you with some coffee today. So, to start my morning, I'm a bit more than just freaked out. I called the cops and reported the damage to my vehicle. This guy offered to drive me and something in my gut was like, don't you dare get in that car. So I called my boss, explained the situation as best as I could, and told him that I wasn't going to be there until after the police came. All the while, this guy just hung out the whole time. When the police finally got there, that's when this guy started acting really suspiciously. He walked away. and seemed almost as if he were hiding on the other side of his car. I filed the report with the police and they basically said, hope you have insurance and they were on their way to leave. They pulled around the corner and as I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get myself to work, that's when I hear the siren and the cop's lights turn on. Hear one cop scream, freeze, put your hands in the air and get down on your knees. I look up And I see the cop that I was just speaking with, with his gun drawn and pointed right at that creepy guy. After they have him cuffed and put in the back of the car, I speak with the cop again and learn a little bit more about the situation. Turns out, the guy that I went on a date with was wanted for stalking, breach of probation, assault with a deadly weapon, fraud, and an aggravated assault charge. I was absolutely shaken. It took me a couple of days to get over the hypothetical situations that could have happened, but about a week later, I was on my way out the door to work, and wouldn't you guess, he was sitting in my driveway once again. We live in Canada, so essentially, once you're arrested, you're released on conditions until you go to jail. I told him that I was late for work, but that I'd call him later when I was off. I never went to work that day. I went and found a new apartment in another area of the city. I also changed my phone number and hired my friend's husband and his friends to go pack my apartment up and move it to their place for a month, and then move it to my new place because I was so scared that this dude would follow them while moving. So, that's my horror story about my first and last time using plenty of fish. So, about nine years ago, My boyfriend, who's now my husband, and I were driving cross-country from California to Florida. My husband had this enormous, beautiful Rottweiler named Kuma. It means bear in Japanese, and it fit. He was 110 pounds of pure muscle. I had only just met Kuma, maybe two days before, since my hubby and I were in a long-distance relationship at the time. So we, Kuma and I, didn't know each other all that well just yet, but he was a great boy and talked a lot. We called them the umble Grumbles. We stopped at a gas station on our trek so that we could all get out, stretch, and use the restrooms. He got Kuma on his leash and said he'd take him for a walk. I offered to do it instead since I didn't need to use the restroom urgently. Now, I'm not a small girl, I'm about 5 feet 10 inches tall, but I am petite. As my husband calls me, maybe 125 pounds. My husband, on the other hand, is almost six foot five and built something like a Viking. So a dog Kuma size wouldn't affect him one way or another if he tried to bolt chasing a squirrel or something. I myself will admit that I was nervous once he handed me the leash, because if Kuma decided to try anything, I wasn't big or strong enough to stop him. My husband noticed my nervousness. He just smiled and said, don't worry, he's well trained. He won't take off and he won't let anything happen to you. It's important to note that Kuma had no formal protection training. He just loved whatever his dad did and knew he was supposed to protect and keep it safe when dad wasn't there to do it himself. Once he was sure I was comfortable, my husband headed inside, leaving Kuma and I near the far right side of the gas station With a little dirt path near a wooded area. It was very dark, and there was very little light being shed so far from the building. But it was a busy little station, and I could see people so I didn't feel isolated or anything like that. So I started to walk slowly, allowing Kuma to take in his surroundings when I hear a noise coming from behind me. I turn startled to see a man walking. He notices me and slows his gait, looks around, then back at me. Then flashes this eerie smile. Uh-oh. He changes direction suddenly, heading right towards me. He says, It's awfully dangerous to be out here by yourself. Are you alone? Something in his eyes told me to run. Run. Just as I'm about to bolt and start hustling towards the people and lights at the station, I hear another sound. This one is rather new to me. As I clenched my hand, preparing to run or die fighting off Creepy McCreeperson, I felt something. The leash. Kuma. In that moment, I'd forgotten that I wasn't alone at all. Not by a long shot. The sound I heard was a warning. A very lethal warning. It was the deepest, most menacing growl I have ever heard come out of anything before. That beautiful beast stepped out from behind me where he'd been observing the threat like a giant dragon rising from the shadows. The man's creepy smile slipped right off his face, as did a few shades of color. Kuma placed his large body between mine and the approaching strangers and pressed back against me, urging me towards the jeep. He didn't have to tell me twice. I turned and started to make my way back to the car still holding that leash for dear life. He walked backwards, pressed against me the entire time, watching my back until we made it back to where we parked. I tried to look for the man, but he either ran back to wherever he'd come from or made it inside, taking a much longer route, well outside of Kuma's reach. I told my husband what had happened, and honestly, I'm not sure who would have done more damage to that unfortunate man had they caught him. Kuma or my husband? This story took place many moons ago, and in the time since, Kuma has moved on. But every day for the next nine years after this, Kuma was my best friend and guardian angel. I couldn't have asked for a better protector or cuddle buddy. R.I.P., baby boy.